to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws. And as you know, if you listened to the podcast before, the name Internet Marketing for Humans is a slight misnomer because we don't always talk about exactly what you might expect us to. Now, you might be tuning in or do you tune into a podcast? You might be downloading or subscribing, expecting extreme technical data about click rates and all that kind of goings, and you're not going to get it. Well, not today, you know, you, you might get it in other podcasts. It's because we try and keep things understandable. We try and give you information that you can use. And one area that I think is really overlooked with digital marketing and SEO is advert copywriting or just copywriting as a whole. I mean, even even from my perspective as an industry insider, it's just not something that's talked about, at least not usually. I've been working a lot recently with someone, I nearly said his name, with someone. Do you know what? I'm going to ask him to introduce himself. This is someone I've been working with for a long while, and we have ended up talking about copywriting quite a lot. It's a bit of a kind of a pet subject for both of us. So, Lewis. Oh, I said your name. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I've given some of it away. God, take, you take, give us the rest of the picture, Lewis. Uh, yes, my name is Lewis, Lewis Folkard, um, and I'm from Social Badger Marketing, and I like to talk about copy quite a lot. So, Excellent. Should we do that then? Let's let's give it a shot, shall we? Why, just first of all, why do you think no one really talks about this? I mean, there, there's like, there are copywriting channels as it were on youtube and it Mm -hmm. it is kind of like a whole separate industry almost it it seems it doesn't seem to have integrated very well with with digital marketing why do you think that is um i think a lot of the digital marketing stuff especially digital marketers like to put down old-fashioned types of i'll say old-fashioned but pre-digital types of marketing things like print me um like print ads and things like that. Um, and obviously at that point, um, they were very, very useful um, back when they were the only form of advertising, when they were the only, but the main form of advertising in magazines and things like that. Yeah, so um, I guess, and, sorry, I guess when, when digital marketing kind of became accepted and started, people started to see what magical things it could do. Yeah. So we're talking kind of 20 odd years ago now, really. It was the case that if you had a website, you could pretty much say what you wanted on it. People were just so wowed by the fact you had some words on the screen on the Tinterwebs that yeah. you'd probably sell stuff. But my opinion mm. is that everybody caught up with that novelty pretty quickly. And mm. I think some, I never talk ill of anyone in our industry, but I think some people then realized that they, they had to do a little bit more than just shove a few words on the page and hope for the best. Yeah. So when you talk, like, yeah, like with social media ads, you've got so much creative freedom to just try different aspects. Um, and as a result, I think copy is one of the things that's never really pushed that much. People are too worried about the images and the videos and things that you're using when actually the words themselves are actually very powerful because um, you can have like the best idea in the world. But if you can't communicate it to your audience, it's, it's useless and you, you just can't reach anyone properly. So... I think it's also an opportunity for optimizing and getting the most bang for your buck because, yeah. as I've said before, um, probably on this podcast, the, the thing with, with PPC, so paid advertising mm-hmm. on Facebook and, um, and Google Ads, if you blast enough money at it, you will get results. 
Yeah. It's almost impossible not to. Yeah. But why, you know, if you're going to spend a thousand pounds in a week and just by slapping up some adverts quickly, if you make 20 sales, why not try and do it better and make 25, 50, 100 sales? Yeah, I mean, because like a lot of the businesses that I work with are typically smaller businesses and their budgets are a little bit smaller. So you have to kind of make it work some way. And it kind of ended up being just copy that I ended up sort of spending most of my time looking into and trying to optimize. And it was open like a can of worms because there is so much to it. It's not just as simple as writing a few words with an ad and hoping it does well. There's actually a lot more to it. Um, and yeah, it's it's been nice to kind of to chat to you recently about different things and actually like discuss ways of doing bits and so yeah it's like optimizing it and just making making things more cost effective for your client i guess yeah we, we've had a lot of conversations kind of recently just about about the potency of changing mm-hmm. even just a, a few words i mean to put this into context uh, there's a project lewis and i have been working on a project i don't like saying that a client <laughs> we've been working with recently <laughs> and we've been running tests just to change very few words in a, in a headline I mean, we we there's one where we've just changed the value of a percentage, pretty much. I'm not going to mention the name of the client or, or details of, of the campaign because because I, I like to be a little secretive sometimes. <laughs> but 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 this is something that it kind of feels like we might. I'm being arrogant, but it feels like we might be slightly ahead of the game by really focusing down on on copywriting. There are some, but again, they tend to using it for their own business. I think I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs like to brag their way into copy and say they're really good at it because they're getting this amount of sales but i don't feel like that's real world business as such they're all just digital things digital products and people just throw thousands and thousands and thousands at it so i have seen a similar thing there's this thing in business where people who have fluked their way to success sometimes (laughs) think that means that they're genius and now i i have fluked my way to success in the past i mean i'm not sitting here on a, a golden throne on a squeaky chair i could probably make squeak the first business i started 20 odd years ago making badges i literally just stumbled into that and just gave it a go and, and it very quickly kind of well kind of got so big that I, I couldn't handle it anymore and it's i've not really had anything to do with it for a long time yeah but the, but i didn't feel the desire to go out on the the lecture circuit or start writing books about how absolutely fantastic i was because i knew i'd fluked it and what i like about copywriting conversations that we've had recently and generally why i'm kind of obsessed with copywriting is that we can prove things we can test things we can very quickly as well it's well there you go it's speed this is why you you mentioned copywriting being a very old thing there absolutely is i mean i'm we're frequently talking about books when we're in conversation <laughs> very old i mean proper old i mean one of my favorite advertising books was written in about 1912 <laughs> and, and it's still completely relevant you yeah. know it's 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 amazing but whereas back then if you wanted to know which advert set worked well or which advert worked well and you were advertising in mag in a monthly magazine a series of tests i mean it could be years really yeah. so yeah. so I'm going to do a, ask you a school teacher question. You know, when you're at school and, and the teacher asks you questions when that they know the answer to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do that thing, Lewis. So, Lewis, instead of waiting years to test ad copy, how long do you have to wait now? You don't have to wait at all. You can do it all at once. I mean, we typically do it for three to four days or so. It's like a nice a nice test. 
depending on the budget, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's that's normally what I'd recommend. Three to four days. If we can do it for longer and the client can afford to do it for longer, then then yeah. But four days is normally enough, especially with Facebook, to know whether something's going to work or something isn't going to work. And yeah. So obviously kind of the, the, the main benefit of testing copy in this way is to to return more sales or more conversions, you know, more and conversion just being whatever a client wants to do because not all clients, mm. you know, everyone listening actually sells things in boxes. Um, yeah. It works just as well for consultancy and anything else. So apart from just getting a better return from advertising investment, mm. what other pluses are there for, for this kind of fast testing? I guess people actually reading the full message and not just the first line and then skipping past it. It's, it's with the copywriting, it's obviously it's, it's important to kind of get people to read the full advert. And I think that's why there's so much useful knowledge to be taken from some of the print ads, because that was all they had to do. And if you didn't read the full ad, you didn't get the full sales message as such. So we kind of take this forward and put it into social and it's nice to work with different creatives quickly. Is it? I, I really don't see any difference between perhaps, you know, talking about this very old book. This very old mm-hmm. old book talks about the fact that the headline is where you should put in most of the effort. Mm-hmm. The first paragraph is a little bit like a cuddle. It doesn't say that. <laughs> a little bit like a cuddle. You know, you're kind of getting more familiar with the reader. And then getting them to the end of the um getting them to the end of the article is like the full marriage you know it's, mm-hmm. it's the house in suburbia yeah. it's the wife and two kids you you're fully kind of feet under the table kind of thing yeah. and i i don't see how that's any different no i, I completely now agree. because the, the, these adverts were written guys last century i've just realized these adverts are written last century on the basis that someone holding a magazine and literally flicking through the pages yeah would only see the headline and that's what had to catch their attention and people in digital marketing used to rattle on so much about oh you've only got three seconds to get someone's attention when they visit your web page and i don't think that was ever really true nowadays if we get someone to a web page we consider that a part of the victory yeah but if you think if they're flicking a page in a book or a magazine must be I don't know, I'm not even going to try and quantify, but just so we have a unit, I'm going to say a second. Mm-hmm. Now, someone picking up a magazine is reading something in a topic that they're into, so they're invested in it. Mm-hmm. The difference with, let's say, Facebook advertising is because it's what we call interruption advertising. Somebody's skimming past their mate's holiday pictures in Ibiza when we <laughs> still go on holiday. Uh, not only not interested in, in your advert, their attention span is probably a hundredth of even a yeah. second compared. Maybe be quick. So why why wouldn't you write potent headlines? Yeah, I right. think like, it's just so good because you can just test so many different op and so many different elements of the ad. Your sole goal is basically to get them to read that first line, and your headline is a big part of that. Everything points you towards the simple goal of reading that first line of copy. And once you've read the first line, you've then got to get them to read the second line. And the little ways behind that are just sort of incorporating lots of short sentences. You kind of get them almost to like slide through your copy without even re- like realizing it. And before they know it, they're halfway through and they sort of think like, let's just finish the ad because humans like to finish things and complete things off. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's an epic amount of words, is it? I mean, I've been, no, reading, like, been reading a book at, with kind of examples of adverts and 
some of them are sort of 1200 words <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> like 200 words tops some some of these ads maybe longer depending i know 200 words now i would consider like war and peace yeah. than advertising i consider it even absolutely like with that epic. you need to consider like the visual appearance that you're putting on these ads because if you just bombard them with a massive paragraph people probably won't read it like you really need to kind of consider the short paragraphs the short sentences to make things visually appealing and inviting to read because you've only got like a hundredth of a second to, to blur them in. And if it's too much, people just carry on scrolling. Like it needs to be short and catchy. Joe, it's really interesting you say that, Lewis, because let, let's stick with Facebook for a while. Mm-hmm. I have had a conversation with somebody once. I can't remember who, and I'm not going to say where. <laughs> I did that the wrong way around. I can't remember where, and I'm not going to say who. But they said, well, you know, great thing about Facebook advertising is everyone, it's a level playing field. Everyone's got... Everyone's got the same amount of space. Everyone's got the same amount of words. Everyone's got the same mm-hmm. rules, quite strict yeah. rules about which images you can use. So you might as well just chuck anything in because it's all just going to be the same. Yeah. Go on. What do you think? What's your opinion there? No, go on, carry on. I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll, I'll... No, that was it. No, I was setting you I, up I, there. Yeah, I, 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 I was... think you, you do to a certain extent, but it's the words again that that's the thing that's going to differentiate it because you've like you said you've got so little time to really pull someone in it needs to be quick there needs to be something there um that just like grabs them and if it's the image if it's the headline like yeah it just needs to all work together to to get them through to that poppy bit so what really. you're saying and i have to put words in your mouth because that's what web hosts uh, podcast <laughs> hosts do what you're saying is that if it's a level playing field you just need to be the person standing taller than everybody else yeah. Is that a weird analogy? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it means money, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, they, they know, but this is one of the things that really excites me about copyright. You say sometimes it's money, but a lot of the times it's a bit like SEO. The thing that I always got and still get a kick out of SEO from is that I can work with a company who doesn't have a massive budget. And because a lot of SEO is intelligence and it's research and it's it's mm-hmm. making good decisions based based on experience and a number of other things i can get a company with a very small budget to beat a company with a very large budget mm-hmm. and i can absolutely see that that would also be the case with good copywriting yeah no, I'd, I'd, I'd i'd fully agree I cool so you're like a a crusader <laughs> a crusader for small business <laughs> No, it's, it is, and I've, again, it's. I've always kind of liked different communication elements, whether it's with people, like talking. But it was nice to find a way to almost convince people to read things through just learning about it, I guess. And it's a really powerful part of marketing that I just want to continue to learn about. And I'm still quite young; I've still got a lot of years ahead of me to keep learning things. And yeah, I'm excited, excited to see how it's going to go. Cool. Well, some of the things. I mean, let's let's just talk about one of the projects sorry clients <laughs> we've worked with mm-hmm. recently something that that we've uncovered is, is is something that i've seen several times with with ad projects or or even seo projects by running these tests this kind of set of ads what you uncovered mm-hmm. was something about the market that the client wasn't aware of yeah so it's not just that testing is about getting the best bang for your buck with adverts. You can use series of tests, especially on Facebook, because it's it's so fast. Mm-hmm. Even compared to Google Ads, in my experience, still is a bit like a lumbering beast, kind of how long it takes to get going. 
But with Facebook, you you can use it for market research fast. Mm. I mean, I've I've used yeah. it for for filling out surveys. I mean, for you know bringing people to a survey to fill yeah. it in. <laughs> Dear me, for a podcast host, I struggle with my words a bit sometimes. <laughs> right then, so we've done theory and we've been talking for a little while. So I gave you some homework before, <laughs> some homework to do before this before this podcast recording list. I asked you to find an advert that you could show to class or share with class. <laughs> or share with some class, as in being classy, and share with yeah. class being... <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to crush value out of every word I say now. <laughs> so what you found What you found for us, Lewis? So it was one from a copywriting book that I've read quite a few times. Um, and the ad is called A Fluke of Nature. Um, it's a print ad. Has it got a date on it? 1978 it was written. What book's this and from? This was from the book called The Adweek Copywriting Handbook. Oh, right, yeah. Well, a famous book, yeah. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, the the author of the ad was a student of Joseph Sugarman, basically, in one of one of his lectures that he did. Who's Joseph he, Sugarman? Um, he was a famous copywriter, basically. Cool. Um, and the advert is on grapefruits, of all things. And he that's a tough says, sell. I think just straight very up, that's sell. a tough sell. Eat something that's going to turn your face inside out. Yeah, that's not what a copy is, is it? No, no, no. it's that about be a hell of a headline. Made grapefruits, but it's it's the fact that he he almost links such an obscure topic into grapefruits, and you just can't like stop reading it almost. And I, I just it really impresses me every time I read it because it's just about. It's just crazy, really, how how they did it. Okay, so what's the headline? Can you can you a share? fluke of nature? Oh, sorry, you said that. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. <laughs> a fluke of nature. Now, how how is your oratory voice? Do you feel like reading the rest of the advert to us? <laughs> You'll be here for the next ten minutes, I reckon. It's a big one. Is it really? Have you got it there? Yeah, can you, I know listeners can't one. see it, but can you hold it up to the screen up to your camera for me? I've got it on literally on my laptop in front of me. Do you know what? I'm 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 going to go and have a look because if it's from that, I can book, send you a PDF if you want. Put you up, it saves. I like to read it. Oh, do you know what? I put in a fluke of and nature came up. It's almost like they're listening to us. <laughs> right, a fluke of nature. Oh my goodness, I see I see what you mean now. No. I, I thought I thought you just didn't want to read it because it's a bit weird being put on the spot to read, but it's it is literally it's it's a page in a magazine with what? Yeah. Five hundred words, probably more on it. Probably more two tiny little images. Okay, so let's let's kind of try and describe it for the listener. Yeah. I've got it right here as well. So the headline is a fluke of nature, uh, written in a way that the typography troubles me, or does it? It's because it says a fluke of, and then the word nature is underneath. That's oh god, I'm going to start like trying to analyze absolutely <laughs> everything about it now. <laughs> now to the side of that, the subhead or in modern terms, the H2, <laughs> a new grapefruit discovery may change your concept of fruit. That doesn't seem to me like something that would grab someone's attention. No, but then the first line, short and sweet, is is almost quite personal. It's quite transparent and quite honest. And almost a bit obscure. You wouldn't expect a farmer, as he is, to be writing an advert. I can't, I can't see the, I can't read the, the first line there. What does it say? It's, I'm a farmer is the first the first sentence and the story i tell you is the absolute truth as incredible as it may seem and he just keeps his curiosity building for for so long before he even reveals not about the last 
quarter of the of the advert maybe where you actually find out what he's talking about and it was just impressive that he just kept me kept me reading on something that you know I wasn't really that interested in the start but as you say it's good good writing though and it it draws you in one of the objections I have I sorry I, I hear voiced to me sometimes with prospective clients is they say they say well we're not going to advertise because it's not a very interesting product and none of my current you know, none of my client, current clients or anyone I've ever worked with, just in case they're listening to this, it's none of you guys. <laughs> but you're sort of prospective people. And I always think, for one thing, why why you why are you in business? Because yeah. if you don't think it's interesting on some level, then mm-hmm. you, you don't have to do that job, you know. <laughs> you can you can go do something. You can make anything interesting. In my experience, I'm gonna give you an example. Um mm-hmm. I work with a company who I'm gonna name. They're called Universal Adhesive Systems, and they're in glamorous Daventry. And they sell equipment and spare parts for hot melt adhesive application equipment. These are little brass nozzles and things, basically, and, and heated mm-hmm. hoses. I mean, it's it's even niche down into the, the temperature range of the glue used. This is niche stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet we found a way through testing and through good copywriting to sell the flip out of these nozzles yeah. hoses because when we when i when we when i sat down and spoke with the md and the service engineers the guys who have to go out and sign fix machines basically i found out from them they just told me that the thing that pe- people really care about is not how easy the machines are to use mm-hmm. they don't care how easy they are to clean all they really care about is how much glue gets wasted because without even having to get technical when you dump a load of glue in a hot melt application machine it takes a while to melt it mm-hmm. and because of that process it, you you waste a lot of glue you naturally waste a lot of glue because you have to decide how much you're going to need for a job so you dump in like two kilos and if you only turn out to use a kilo of that the rest goes in the bin and this is expensive stuff. And we, we found out that's the pain point. That's what people really don't like yeah. because the production managers and the owners of the companies, when they, who aren't on the factory floor necessarily, when they're reporting back to their bosses about how much money they've wasted, they want to be able to say they haven't wasted any. So we started writing copy that said reduce wastage because their machine does this clever thing where it only melts the glue it needs. Now, yeah. When I tell people I work with an industrial adhesive company and we do exciting adverts, they generally laugh. But the reality is, with the right angle, you can make anything yeah. appealing. Absolutely anything. It's just yeah. It's just not the toughest thing in the world. It's almost like a challenge. I like what well, challenge to myself sometimes is to kind of link obscure items and concepts to the product or service that we're trying to sell. And if you can relate them, obviously you need to be educated on both both sides of it to kind of to be able to relate them. But that strange match and combination of the two ideas is sometimes enough to sort of think, get people to sort of thinking curious, curiously, and to actually read it. And like it's 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 yeah, it's just interesting to see sometimes because I'd rather be told by a client, no, that's too crazy, than be told that's not crazy enough sometimes. And it's the obscure ones that get the engagement on Facebook. As a result, you sort of reach more people for less money, and it's all that kind of stuff that kind of plays into it. So. And and that's so, where yeah, testing comes in as well, yeah. because because I, we've we must have both been in situations where 
I say to a client, look, I want to try this thing. And they're like, well, that's a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, well, let's run a test. We did one yeah. literally a couple of days ago. And we Lewis ran a control. You know, he ran a, an, an advert we know worked well. And we tried we tried something a little wilder to see how that would work. So yeah. we can go with good copywriting and combining that with testing. This is this is from Lewis. This is this yeah. is not me giving am I giving away your intellectual property? No, you can't. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it, we were able to go back to the client and Lewis is able to say, look, this is what we've learned about this headline. Because one thing that's really dangerous in in all marketing, not just copywriting, is being subjective and Almost every business owner will say, but I think. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's quite yeah. a lot of fun in my experience to say, but I can prove otherwise. Yeah. And we we do that, we do that with advertising. Lewis is grinning ear to ear here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like such a yeah. it's such a win-win because you you can kind of politely disprove something your client believes and they make money in the process. So yeah. no, no, you know, it's, everyone's happy. <laughs> quite and I told you so moment like let's just let oh, it in the most positive lovely, in the, yeah, way, yeah. lovely way but it's a secret it's a secret win sometimes when you think right you should listen to me from the start <laughs> <laughs> well yes maybe um so i mean i know you have a degree i know mm-hmm. that, that you you are university educated <laughs> in nothing to do with marketing but yes <laughs> well no well no not you have to remind me then don't be offended i've forgotten but no. what, what's your degree in so it's in automotive materials engineering so, of course it is because engineering, yeah. but with more automotive application i guess because i do know a bit about that as well yeah <laughs> anyway um, I, I still find it very interesting but i just couldn't imagine myself doing it every day well this is one of the cool things about being in marketing though because you get to do you get to learn if you've got a curious mm-hmm. mind you get to learn so many industries i yeah. I, I briefly had a job uh, for a couple of years in the city, the city. Only people in England say that. I think in London, that there, London, and I loved it, and I really appreciate um, the opportunity. And in fact, I've, I was in contact with the, the guy who gave me the job twenty years ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realised when I worked for one company is that I really missed that that opportunity mm-hmm. to learn a new industry really fast. And I think that's still something a lot of people I know who are really good at marketing, that's still what they get a kick out of is it's the curious mind thing. And I think writing goes hand in hand with that so nicely. So, I mean, have you, have you studied, have you studied writing? I mean, other than obviously. Other than the books, no, other than the books that I've read. Um, it's probably something I'd, I should do maybe to, to kind of bolster the qualification, but no, it's something I've just kind of self-taught and just practiced and practiced and tested. See, it's, um, it's my opinion that, I mean, there are loads of books on copywriting. and I mean, mm-hmm. some of them go for crazy money, I mean, literally okay. thousands of yeah. pounds. <laughs> but it's my opinion, and this is only, I say, being subjective is dangerous, so I can only base this on my, uh, my experience. Mm-hmm. But I've learned just as much from reading books like How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. People. I've learned just as much from that as I have any marketing book ever. Yeah. And you can learn just as much from any sort of sociology book the, the other book that i've so this has now become discussion <laughs> personal discussion a book, all like discussion between me and lewis but one of the best books i ever read for for copywriting was i think it was just called a practical guide to writing humor mm-hmm. it was a book about writing comedy 
Yeah. I mean, it, the caveat at the beginning was it said, if you read this book, you'll never genuinely laugh at anything again, which is completely true. <laughs> I can watch like even my favorite stand-ups and I'm like, oh, of course, uh, they're doing this this model and they're, they're in... They're enhancing the humour with obscurity and absurdity, and that's model four. And it does it does absolutely ruin it. But so to bring this back round, because otherwise I think we'd quite happily just chatter away for ages. <laughs> the other way, listeners, dear listeners, if you want to learn about copywriting, um, bear in mind first of all, we keep using this copywriting. In reality, it is relating to your audience, yeah. which is something all marketers and certainly all business owners know how to do. What copywriting is, is a method of using the vocabulary of motivation that you know mm-hmm. to connect with potential people. God, blimey. Gareth, that's sorry. That's kind of professional. Yeah, no, Mr. Podcast Editor, Gareth, um, leave this bit in. Can you put that on the little featured thing? Because I, th- I can't remember what I said now, but I think it was good. Was it good? It sounded nice. It sounded nice. Um, yeah, so, uh, but also kind of the, the other way to, to learn is just to develop a curious approach to all advertising you ever see. And yes, no, it's to learn as much, isn't it? And to experience and as much. Lewis, what you've done with the King of Grapefruit advert <laughs> is prove that point exactly. I, yeah. when we finish recording, I'm going to go read about grapefruit now. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be amazed how so, tasty these grapefruits can be sound or how tasty these grapefruits can sound through just words so some of the some of my favorite adverts from the 50s um i'm i'm using them to to base on product descriptions at the moment for a new e-commerce site and some of the the these american uh, site uh, magazine adverts from the 50s some of the claims are insane there's there's people saying it's like an it's like an arms race. There's people saying there's one advert. Imagine getting one hundred and twenty thousand blooms from one rose, and I'm literally reading that. Going, what? I mean, I I read it because I'm just like that's insane. Surely, and and I like the fact that adverts, especially you here in the EU in the UK, we we are kind of restrained <laughs> restrained yeah. not to just fill fill the world with poop. <laughs> thing, no, that's, that's a good thing it, yeah. it makes it's another constraint like like the facebook ads that, that keeps us all creative okay lewis the intention with these podcast episodes is to give actionable and useful information for you to take away my my bit of that was telling people to read how to win friends and influence people and to gain a, a curious eye when looking at other mm. ad, other people's adverts do you have a to- takeaway for us I would say don't be afraid to relate unrelated concepts to your business or service and just have fun with it. Absolutely cracking. Thanks a lot, Lewis. I really appreciate your time. How can people find out more about you and about your business? Um, I am on every single social media platform. Um, Why is that? Why, why, Why are you on all of them? I just don't know. The clue is in the name, I guess, with social badger marketing. Um, well, there you go. That that would be the easier. Flight <laughs> <laughs> plug. There we are. But no, Instagram probably the best place to find me. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, or, or LinkedIn. Hey, what's your tag on Instagram? Um, at social badger marketing. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, and thanks for listening, everyone. Please do the reviewing and liking thing because so far. Well, actually, no one has. I'm on episode about 70, I think. And I say that at the end of every episode, and I think it just falls on deaf ears. <laughs> so if you've got something from this, just take 10 seconds out of your day and just click like on Apple Podcasts because it'll help me uh, 
make enough money to buy more coffee and do fun stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of a good reason to ask for him to do it. Everybody asks, don't they? Please like and subscribe. No one ever says why. Love. Yeah, do it for the love. <laughs> well, Lewis, that's a lovely, lovely note to end on. So thanks a lot for your time. I'm going to say goodbye. Do you want to say goodbye? Oh, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.